Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we're going to be reading in Romans chapter 8. And I'll be using the NIV. And like I normally say, I love the King James. Uh, but I, uh, for these purposes, for this podcast, I like to use the NIV. And, um, and sometime in the future, probably ESV, which is the English Standard Version. But right now we're using the NIV, which is the New International Version, just to make things a little simple. That is, you know, not so hard to understand, you know, because everybody's on different levels. And before I get started, I'd like to read something I do every so often, and that is what the Bible is, so that way you can defend the Bible or, um, you know, somebody asks you about it, uh, then you have it, but also for your own self. And it is the Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the time of other eyewitnesses. Forty authors, 66 volumes of books, span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic. Hundreds of subjects and topics. So if you're happen to be a student going to college or whatever. I know the majority of, nowadays, the majority of college professors are pretty much atheists, you know, whatever, and they love to tear, those that, you know, who believe in the word of God or Christians, whatever, they love to tear them apart. And so that way you have a way to defend that's, that's very accurate and true. All right, so let's begin. And in this section, it's life through the spirit. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God did, send, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh about flesh but according to the spirit verse 5 those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires and that's pretty self-explanatory you know it if you want more of God, then then you go to seek God, and, and, and therefore you become more spiritual and and getting into God's word and understanding. And those that want more of the world and fleshly things, that is, you know, the things that we crave and all that, that even though it's is wrong, it's bad for you, then you go towards that, you know. And above it said where where Christ was the sacrifice, the sin offering. And that was when uh, Christ went to the cross, and beforehand he was uh, beaten and whipped, where you know his flesh was ripped up and bleeding and bone showing everything else. And then they um, then they made him carry this big heavy log thing across up a hill. They did get somebody to help him a little bit, and then they uh, then they laid him down on the cross and then put nails in his hands and feet, which had to be pretty torturous. And he did all that to pay the price that we should be paying. Because remember, God's holy and righteous. 
and mighty, and his standards are high, and our standards are very low. So Christ came to pay that price so that we can come by faith believing. You know, so, so, and, and so that was, so Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. Because if you go to John chapter 1, it speaks about that, where it, uh, we, we call it the Trinity, the three, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It, it, three separate, but all in one, you know. I kind of look at it like, look at the sun, right? The whole sun would be like God. And then the difference, right, would be, or like God the Father, and then what you see would be the light given from the sun, which would be Jesus, what you see. And then what you feel is like the Holy Spirit. And the whole thing is known as the sun, you know. So you have three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Just sometimes we just have to keep reading and ask God to help us to understand. And he will, because uh, I went through that. Okay, let's begin. Let me see. Uh, let's begin at chapter 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on the flesh, on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. Verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. In verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. Okay, let's continue in verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Which again makes sense because because we're talking about worldly things and godly things, you know. So, so if the mind's governed by the flesh, that means that you're just you're giving in, or we're giving in to everything that you know that. Uh, we may want to do even when we know it's wrong. Because remember, the Ten Commandments, God's moral laws, is written on our hearts. That's why we automatically know, you know, that stealing is wrong, killing is wrong, lying is wrong, all that. Okay, so let's continue. Uh, verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, oh, lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, let me read that again, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Verse 11, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. So in other words, if Christ is in you, that means you've, you've realized that you sinned before God. You, oh, we can't keep his moral laws, right? Lying, stealing, 
even if you just borrow something, don't bring it back. You just take a paper clip, whatever. It don't matter, you know. Uh, because God's standards are that high. So we've broken God's moral law. Let's go through the just go through the Ten Commandments. So we've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. Therefore, guilty before God. So if we were to die in this condition, in this condition that we're guilty before God, then we would die and go to hell. Because his punishment for rejecting him is hell. You know, he gives us a choice, but but at the same time he also knows who's gonna reject him and who's gonna receive God. You know? So because for those that continue in their own ways of living unrighteously and on and in a wicked way, we're gonna get punished, you know? It's just like when our laws that we have today come from the Bible. That's where we get our laws from. And that's why before you before you go when you stand before a judge, right? And you're there for some crime that you committed, you know, uh, then he's going to have to, according to what the law says, punish you in that way for breaking that that law. But it's kind of like if you're standing in front of a judge and because you have a lot of speeding tickets, you're there. Someone comes, you don't know, they pay the they pay the ticket fine off. He the judge can legally let you go free because someone else had paid the price for you. That's what Christ did for us. He paid the price because we couldn't. It took a holy, a holy God to pay that price. So he came in human form, lived a perfect life, keeping all the commandments and everything. Therefore, he was a perfect sacrifice, and he was able to do that for us, one time for all. For those who repent and come to Christ, and it's not that everybody's saved because he did that, no, we have to want to come to Christ. You know that means we believe in Christ. We understand that we've broken His laws and we're guilty, therefore needing a Savior. So we come, repent of our sins, transfer the trust from ourselves to Christ alone. Just like you would if you're in a an airplane that was about to crash and you got a parachute, you got to hang on to that parachute because it's going to save you for the jump to come. Jesus saves you from the judgment to come. All right. Let's go on verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh, to live according to it. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Verse 15, the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 17, now if we are children, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Okay, we're going down to uh, verse 18. And right up, and the uh, title for this section is present, present Suffering and Future Glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For, verse 19, for 
the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Verse 20, for the creation was sub subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. Verse 21, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to, de to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Verse 23, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Verse 24, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So, number one, if you're in Christ, that means you've you've realized that, or we've realized that we broke a God's moral law, the Ten Commandments are for guilty, right? And on our way to hell. But now we go to God in repentance with a sorrowful, contrite heart, realizing we're guilty, and ask God to forgive us of our sins, and then transferring the trust from ourselves to Christ alone, then you're saved, you know? But that means you continue. It's not just, you just say a little prayer and you're good. No, you have to live it. You know, so that means you start reading the Bible daily without film, do what it says, find a good Bible, believe in teaching church so you can grow and learn all you can. And then, you know, tell others what you you have, you know, tell others how to be saved also. Um, so, so it's a daily thing. That's why the the Bible says to work out your own salvation in the New Testament. Um, let me see. And so, and then it says we wait patiently for the hope. Right? We have the hope, but now we're just waiting for the the final results. You know, when we die, we go to heaven. For those who are Christians, for those who have repented of their sins and put their trust in Christ alone, you know. You're on your way to heaven. Just what it says, you know. But remember, it's a daily walk. A daily walk. But see, God knows. God knows your heart and your intent. God knows who's coming and who's not, you know. So so you'll have that eagerness in your heart and you'll have that wanting, even when there are days you may not feel like doing anything, but it's there and it's convicts the Holy Spirit convicts you for those that are his. Right? Okay, let's continue. Verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 27, he and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Verse 30, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. I believe that's pretty self-explanatory. Let's continue. Starting at verse 31, and and the title on this section is More Than Conquerors. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, he, 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him grace, graciously give us all things? Verse 33, he, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Verse 34, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is as the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Verse 36. It is, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37. Know in all things, and in, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, verse 39, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And amen to that. Fantastic. So through reading this, you know, I was explaining how we come to Christ. So, so that's the thing. Let's go over it real quick. We've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. That means we've lied. Uh, we've looked at another person with lust, which means, um, well, according to Jesus, when we did that, then we committed adultery in our hearts. If we hated someone, it's the same thing as murder in our hearts, according to Jesus. You know, uh, have we disrespected our parents? Have we made another God in our minds? That's okay with everything we have done. And yes, everybody does that, you know. Because the Bible says no one's no one's looking for God, you know. God reaches out to us where we hear, you know. But anyway, so being that, you know, we're guilty of sinning, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves. A lot of people are self-righteous and don't want to know, no, I used to be the same way. Nah, man, it's not me, it's always somebody else. No, it's us. Look in the mirror. That's the one who's guilty, you know. So we come with a sort of a contrite heart and ask God for forgiveness. We repent of our sins and then put, transfer the trust from ourselves to Christ alone. It's just that simple. But you also got to realize when you come to Christ now, I mean, you know, um, it's not going to be a walk of roses or anything like that. It's going to be hardship and trouble. Just like, it, just like if you're not saved, you got troubles. But now, now you... Added, you got a lot of people that hate the name of Christ because when Christ is named, you know, the demons are stirred up and stuff. But then you got wicked people, that name just convicts them. They don't like it, you know. And they may, you know, people are dying for Christ, you know. Uh, they're suffering in jails, prisons, and all like that for Christ and everything. But the end, the thing is the end. You know, we're all going to die. We're either going to heaven or hell. It's that simple. So we've went through the progression of how we come to Christ. Let me give you a few scripture, and then we'll go to uh, go to and I'll list some resources. Second Chronicles chapter seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, this is I believe these are in King James, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
And he closes from all unrighteousness. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent, ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come for the present, from the presence of the Lord. I'm going to give you some salvation scripture. It's also King James, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth on the righteousness, and with the mouth confesseth is made salvation. And Romans chapter 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Now, that's good stuff. That's good meat. We're eating some steak today. Alrighty, now, I'm going to give you some resources that you can look up. Stuff will help you, I'm telling you. Okay. Um, Apologia Studios with Pastor Jeff Durham, uh, Durbin, and you can watch him on YouTube. And you can also go to his website, apologiostudios.com, and he's got free. Uh, they were donated a uh, wonderful Christian professor, and all his recordings and stuff were donated to him. And so you can get a free seminary training, free Bible training, seminary training, literal seminary training for free. If you go to his website and look it up. And you can put in a search engine uh, seminary training, and it should bring up, I think it's, uh, what is that, Dr. Bonson. I think they call it Bonson U, but yeah. And you can also uh, hear them in a podcast format as, as audio uh, by going to Apple Podcasts and just put Apology of Studios or, and or Pastor Jeff Durham. And also on YouTube, Dr. Uh, Bodie Bauckham, really fantastic. R.C. Sproul. And Living Waters with Ray Comfort. It's YouTube and their, um, it's YouTube and their websites. So Living Waters with Ray Comfort on YouTube and livingwaters.com. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, YouTube. Answers in Genesis.org. Wall Builders with David Barton. Wallbuilders.com. Dr. Walter Martin. WalterMartin.org. And please watch 23 Minutes in Hell with with Bill Wise is really good. It's very short, but it's good. Uh, you can also go, if you want to, go on our website. It is all lowercase bible-education-institute.webno.com, our email. If you need a free Bible, you just want to uh, correspond. It's all lowercase bible-education-institute at gmail.com. And... Oh, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble, click the bell or whatever they got there and subscribe. You can find us, and that's uh, Bible Education Institute, on YouTube and Rumble. And you can also find us on all the podcast, podcast platforms, which is Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Audible, and Google. And I also would recommend you go to TCT Network, put it in your search engine. And so when you get there, you can go to on-demand programming or programs, Faith and History with William Federer. He discusses uh, world Christian faith and 
Ancient Jewish, Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lapin. If we go back, the wall builders that you can find on YouTube, and they also have a radio show too, and you can watch, you can watch them on podcasts. But it's wall builders with David Barton, and the majority of it is is American uh, Christian history. But he does cover other things, which I find pretty interesting. You can learn so much from these guys. I'm telling you, if you need Bibles, whatever, you can go to. Uh, they have new and used books, Aba books. That's ABE books online, and then you got thrift books, and you can go to Amazon and a lot of other places they have, you know. So, so that's it there. So, I hope. Oh, let me pray for you, Heavenly Father. These are listening today, Lord Father God. I ask you, Lord, to work in their lives. Let them have a hunger for you, Lord Father God, where they will uh, realize that they're in need of a Savior, Lord Father God, because we're all guilty of our sins. Therefore. We must come with a soft or contrite heart, repent of our sins, put a, tr put a trust in you alone, Jesus. Start reading your word daily without fail and do what it says. Till next time.